You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. In this episode, Antonio and I will discuss the video game console wars starting all the way back in the 1970s. We talk about some of our favorite and most memorable games from each generation as well, right here on Joey's Totally Tech. everyone welcome to joey's totally tech i'm your host joey cagle and i'm your co-host antonio guerra we hope you're all doing well and i gotta thank antonio for doing the show prep today normally i handle show prep for most episodes he's giving me a break uh this week as well as next week and you know he'll probably do some more show prep in the future uh but we're going to be talking about the video game console wars today yeah, uh, I did a little bit of research. Uh, to those that don't know, we recently released. They recently released a new Xbox and PlayStation console, and that marks the beginning of the ninth console generation. So uh, we're just gonna go back through each generation of consoles, mm-hmm. kind of list like um, you know, kind of the heavy hitters for each console, and you know, maybe some honorable mentions, and just kind of discuss like uh, kind of our memories from each generation, the games. You know the marketing the consoles things like that so right right and we're going back like all the way to 1972 here the, i was born 1980 by the way the ancient 1970s yes believe it or not there were consoles all the way back then which is crazy yeah it's weird to think about like for such a young industry but you know it's entering its 50th year almost so yes definitely um so yeah, let's get started on this. Uh, first, the Magnavox Odyssey. Now, um, I don't know a whole lot about the system. I have seen it. Um, it was at $99.95 uh, when it first came out. Uh, yes, that's the, that uh, the, way I, the way I did it was the uh, the first number is the launch price and the second number is the total units sold. Oh, right. So it sold uh, 350,000 units yeah i found that i think that was the highest selling single console that i could find so um like i said this is kind of before our time so i don't really know too much about it right uh, i think uh, i think the magnavox odyssey this is the one with like the little like you had to put the little decals on your tv um i think you might be thinking of vectrex the vectrex had its own its own monitor 
Odyssey may have had something. No, no, somewhere. it was like it would plug into your television, but you would okay. put like little decals over your TV, and that's what would be like your background. Possibly, though I know Vectrex uh, had a similar thing, and that I think was part of the first generation as well, though I know we don't have that listed. Uh, I think it might have been in the second. I know I know I put something on there for it. Yeah, it was somewhere in the first or second. All right. Um, yeah, well, the, well, the next highest selling console. Oh, yeah, I see Vectrex that said second. <laughs> yeah. So the next highest selling console from the first generation was uh, 1975's Atari Home Pong. It uh, debuted at a price tag of $98.95 and ended up selling over 150,000 uh, units. Yeah, and I think uh, at least most people listening to podcasts are familiar with Pong. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ubiquitous. It's, yeah. it's pretty uh, popular game, I would say. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's some kids out there that haven't played it or um, know much about it. But yeah, that was like one of the first uh, console games as well. Well, I remember uh, everything of Pong. I reminds me of the episode of that '70s show when they like hacked the Pong system. Oh so yeah. So they make like you know smaller paddles, smaller balls, faster balls, double balls, all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. So. I remember when I was learning Adobe Flash uh, back in the day. One of the projects we had to do was like a, a Pong clone. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So um, I guarantee you, though. It was probably a bit harder to do with this. Um, however, a lot of these systems weren't coded the same way. A lot of them were like electrical circuits. I think Magavox Odyssey cartridges. Well, I know like the Home Pong. It was like it was pretty analog as far as yeah. like you know, there's like a dial that you would turn that would activate the little paddles. So yeah, it seems like it might be like a circuit. I'm not sure. Though. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of these original console games didn't even have the code like they did today. Okay. Well, then um, the next highest selling, well, I couldn't find as far as like single, but there was a series of consoles called the Coleco Telestar series. Right, yes. And that was, uh, there's a total of 14 consoles released between 1976 and 78. And they uh, retail for around $50. And the entire series ended up selling about a million copies. Right. Or a million consoles. So. Yeah. And I think, if I remember correctly, did they each have like maybe one or a few games on each one i know nothing yeah <laughs> I, I haven't looked too into the telestar series honestly that's something that's worth uh looking more into again like these are games systems that came out before we were born <laughs> i did read there was like uh there was a bunch of systems between the magnavox odyssey and the magnavox odyssey 2 which mm -hmm. came out of the next generation I couldn't find much about it. It was like 11 different consoles. I couldn't really find it much as far as like price or like sales figures. But right. so I guess there's uh, Magnavox has their own line of other consoles yeah. too. And then uh, the last thing I have listed here for the first generation yeah. is uh, it was um, a. It, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo Color TV game series. Uh, they had five consoles, Japan only in 1987 to 1980. I've seen pictures. That's probably supposed though. to be 1990. I think that's a oh. typo. 1990. Oh, oh, 1977 to 1990. Maybe no, no, no. Okay. You know, it was probably 1987. 1987. 1988 to 90, 1980. So, sorry, we had a typo on our notes, which happens, you know. Um, 9.8 thousand yen to 48k, or they sold 48k, or. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So, the price for the console ranged from 9. 9,000 to 48,000 yen, and over the uh, lifespan of the consoles, 
they all sold about 105 1.5 million copies so. okay gotcha that's so like i said i think that was like kind of like a little japanese only like console right thing. i've seen pictures of them but yeah no personal experience with those but i guess that was uh that was nintendo's first foray into home consoles so. right so a lot of these graphics were like very basic too <laughs> oh yeah this is yeah, yeah this is pretty rudimentary yes. stuff this is like the dawn of video game graphics so right like as simple as you could possibly mm-hmm. get yeah and getting uh slightly more complicated but not really yet second generation which I think a lot of people assume this to be the first generation. They don't realize there was stuff before the Atari 2600. Well, I think this is kind of what more people think of when they think of, like, consoles. Because this is where you're starting to be able to, like, switch out your games, things like that. Like, yeah. a lot of the cons, like, all the consoles from the first generation, it was pretty much just, you know, maybe one or multiple games, but it's all packed into the unit. You, yeah. don't, get, you don't really switch the games out. Well, so. the Odyssey, they had cartridges, but like I said, the cartridges were actually, like, circuits. It's yeah. determined by how it was... Uh soldered together and everything gotcha <laughs> yeah all right so uh, the second generation uh the leader from that uh time frame would be the atari 2600 from mm-hmm. 1977 uh that launched at a price of 199 and it ended up selling 30 million copies so uh this is probably more your wheelhouse what can you tell me yeah. about the 2600 uh well it was originally known as the atari vcs okay video computer system they w- didn't initially call it the 2600 it was called that later on i think they came up with the name sometime in the 80s if i remember correctly it definitely sounds more 85 when you make it 2600 right. <laughs> yeah um yeah maybe early 80s is when they decided to rename it but yeah um they had several different versions of it like i think the uh most sought after would be like the heavy sixers that's like the switch six switch consoles okay but they're like heavy you know i mean um, i guess if someone tries to steal it you can wrestle it away and, and beat him to death with it no, well it's just they're more rare so, no, i understand yeah. i understand um yeah um yeah, I mean, most of the games for that were like really basic, really basic still. Okay. Um, I think my favorite games are probably like maybe Adventure and um, Pitfall, definitely. Pitfall. Yeah, I played Pitfall. Never heard of Adventure. Yeah, Adventure. It was one of those. Uh, yeah, I think I have heard of it. I don't think I played it. Right. I have heard of it though. Yeah. Um, like Breakout, of course, is fun. But, yeah. So all those free games you get for your phone, this is where mm-hmm. they started at. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah. M- most of these were basically very casual games. Gotcha. And, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of depth to these games yet. Well, yeah, I mean, there's only so much you could do graphically and narratively. So, right. you know, they kind of just work with what you had. You got some brightly colored dots and blips and mm-hmm. little things floating around. That's what you got. So. Right. All right, yeah. so... uh Coming in at a very distant second would be the Intellivision from 1980. Yeah, I know a bit about that too. Okay, well that uh, launched at a price of 2.99 and uh, ended up going on to sell uh, about 10% of the Atari 2600 at about three million units. Mm-hmm. So the Intellivision, I I have some cartridge games down here, and uh, my girlfriend has moved them. 
but uh, I can't remember. They ruin everything, I tell you. <laughs> I can't remember where they are at. I think one of my favorite ones, though, was the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons game, which okay. they re later renamed. I can't remember what they renamed it to off the top of my head. Um, I don't think it was originally going to be an Advanced Dungeons and Dragons game, but they just decided they just got the license somehow. I gotcha. And uh, called it Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. Um, the Intellivision was the first console, believe it or not, to have a 16-bit processor. Okay. No, the graphics do not look like what you think of 16-bit at all. Yeah, that wouldn't be to like the fourth generation for most consoles. Right. Um, on the side note, I've got a TI-99 back there somewhere. Um, that was one of the first home computers with a 60-bit processor as well. Again, graphics are not what you'd think of as 16-bit. Still very early 8-bit type graphics. Gotcha. All right. So then um, the next two consoles... Uh, both oh, I didn't mention the controllers on the Intellivision suck. Oh, the, <laughs> what are the controllers like? Okay, so the controllers, um, they have um, this little... One, the cool thing about it is it's got this uh, little slot where you can put in the um, an overlay for each game. Okay. So rather than seeing a numbered gamepad, you just see like... Uh, graphics of where you're supposed to press for certain things right interesting okay. and then there's also buttons on the side what sucks about the controller though is the disc at the bottom is what you use to go left right up or down interesting uh that, that's not so great directional pads that came later are better but i think Regular Atari 2600 joysticks at the time were probably preferred by a lot of people. Well, I guess they're just trying to innovate. You know how it is. Yeah. I mean, they were able to create uh, more complex games and controllers as a result. Yeah, it does, that is a point. Right. All right. Well, then the, uh, the next two consoles uh, both sold about 2 million copies. They are uh, 1978's Magnavox Odyssey 2 which uh, debuted at a price of $200, and 1982's ColecoVision, which mm -hmm. debuted at a price tag of $175. Yeah. Yes. Coleco started out as a leather company, believe it or not. Well, I know Nintendo started out as a playing card company. Yes, true. Uh, so Coleco started out as a leather company. Then I think they did uh, above-ground swimming pools at some point, and uh, eventually they decided to do toys and video games coleco also created the original cabbage patch kids interesting yes good little piece Side of note. Uh, 80s nostalgia there <laughs> yes <laughs> uh what do you know about the uh magnavox odyssey 2 hardly anything okay honestly uh coleco vision they've got a great port of donkey kong um, way better than the Atari 2600 version. I've actually played the 2600. It's pretty bad. Dog yeah, Kong. yeah. I mean, it's playable, but the, it's just not the same, man. The gorilla doesn't look like a gorilla, and Mario doesn't look like Mario. Did you ever play the uh, what is it? The Pac-Man port they have for that? Uh, for 2600, I uh, think it was for 26. I know I played it back. Uh, it was oh, really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as a kid, I enjoyed the Atari 2600. Uh, of Pac-Man. However, 
I knew it didn't look right. It just looked way too blocky, but I think I understood the 2600. So I didn't play it until like high school, so I guess I couldn't appreciate yes. it like you could. <laughs> the, the Atari 2600 is a older console. The graphics are more limited. However, there was also like Pac-Man Jr. Okay. for the 2600. Yeah. The graphics were better for that. So I think they'd put a lot more work into some of the later pac-man games for the 2600 than what they did for pac-man i got you plus it's probably different development teams and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. all right so um so there's some honorable mentions for the second generation these ones didn't sell as much as the other four consoles i listed but they are the uh, the fairchild channel f Mm -hmm. the uh, atari 5200 and the vectrex so uh the fairchild channel f never heard of this until i did the research on it but according to my research, it was the first CPU-based console, the first cartridge-based console, and also the first console to feature a pause button. Hmm. Did you know anything about the Fairchild Channel um, F? I mean, I've heard of it. I've seen a little video on it. I wasn't aware of those first, but that is interesting. Then um, the 5200 Atari, uh, obviously that's the, the successor to the right. 2600. Um, didn't sell as well. I think according, I think I read it only sold around a million uh, mm-hmm. units, which isn't bad, but obviously not as much as the other ones. It was only supported for uh, two years due to lo- due to poor sales and a lack of games. Right. Um, a lot of that can be blamed on the controller for the Atari 5200. Okay. It was awful. Really? They broke easily. And um, now was it the same like style as like the little joy pad with the button? It was or? different because you actually had a joystick, but then you had like a keypad like one through zero or one to three four five six seven eight okay, nine I think zero, I may have seen that and before. a couple other things it was a different port um actually with the atari 7800 which we don't have mentioned here but that came out after the 5200 wasn't super popular either but i think they went back to the original atari uh vcs style ports okay and it was backwards compatible with the atari 2600 but you could play newer games with better graphics as well gotcha all right and then uh also the vetrix like i mentioned before um it featured uh this console featured a self-contained display so there was like a screen that came with the console and it was able to play high quality ports of uh, game of, of arcade games that had vector graphics yeah, that, that's one that I have no experience with myself, but I mean, the games look pretty cool for their time. It's not pixelated at all, which is uh, not what you would you would expect from most home consoles, you know? I think that was the thing I liked about vector graphics, like as a kid, like in the, mm-hmm. like, you know, 80s, early 90s, you know, those, you know, there's only graphics, you know, obviously right. it was like all like wireframe looking. Mm-hmm. but they look totally smooth yeah and, you know obviously the, it's the dawn of 3d graphics mm-hmm. so you know you take what you can get right. right and again with the vectrex it did have color overlays you could put on the screen yeah for each game which made it a little bit better and i thought when i was first looking it up it sounded kind of like the name of a venereal disease <laughs> she gave oh. me vectrex bro vectrex. <laughs> all right now now we're going to get to the third generation, which is uh, when I really started getting into gaming. Yeah, these are my earliest memories of gaming right. right here. So why don't you go ahead and list them off for us? So, yeah, we've got the NES Nintendo Entertainment System. 
1983 in uh, Japan. It was the Nintendo uh, Famicom Entertainment System, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, family computer. There you go. Um, but yeah, here in America, they tried to make it look more like a VCR because when it came out here, it was like after the video game uh, crash. Um, and the notes say 1983. I was thinking it was more like 84. Well, debate. It came out in Japan in 83. Right. So. Yeah. That's what the that's what the Famicom came out there. There you go. Yeah. So it was a hundred eighty dollars at launch and uh, sold sixty one point nine. Uh, yeah, sixty one point nine million. Basically sixty two million, yeah, more or less. Yeah, about sixty two million. So yeah, that's uh, a that's a lot of scratch. Yes. I uh, yeah, this is this is my first console that I had. So I played a lot of Mario Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Mario Brothers three, probably one of my oh, favorite yeah. games on the Super console. Super Mario Brothers three was probably one of the best. Uh, I played the, the Ninja Turtles games. Those are oh, pretty yeah. big. I love the arcade, the Ninja Turtles two, the arcade. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah, the, oh, yeah the arcade ports. I don't like the regular yeah. console. That but thing was trash. The, the original. Yeah, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you basically had to cheat in order to beat that game. From what I'm told, I've never beat it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> I've never played it myself, but I've heard it's pretty bad. Yeah, so. I, I've played it, but I, I, I couldn't get very far. Um, let's see, other games I enjoyed, of course, puzzle games, uh, Tetris. Um, Ocon- yeah, Tetris, Dr. Mario. Yeah. Contra. Yeah, Contra is a classic. Uh, Castlevania. Um, oh, I think one of my favorites is probably uh, this is a throwback. Bart versus the Space Minions. You ever play that? I haven't played that. It's pretty. Uh, actually, the game isn't so great. I played it recently, yeah. but it's uh, I don't know. It's like a Simpsons uh, tying game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I guess the premise is there's these mutants that have invaded Springfield, and somehow Bart has these magic glasses that lets him see them. Right. So, like, the first level, like, each level is, like, you got to collect something. But mm-hmm. the first level is unique that instead of collecting things, you have to tag things. So, there's things in the level that are purple, and you have to tag them red for whatever mm-hmm. reason. You know, it's it's a video game from the early 90s, so who cares, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was a big Simpsons fan growing up. And, like, you know, even though that the the game itself isn't, isn't the best, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of look past those things if it's right. a license that you really enjoy. Yeah. Um, the best, one of the best pro wrestling video games ever, pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the the WWF games from that time sucked, and I think they, I think WCW had one game that probably didn't fare any better. So I started playing wrestling games until the next generation. So yeah. Um, what other games were there? Oh, Kid Icarus. I love that game. Oh, yeah, Kid Icarus. I lo- that, that was a challenging game. That was a tough one. Um, I eventually found out a cheat code, you know, when you put in your uh, codes to go to whatever level where yeah. you were at previously. If you did the number eight and the rest lowercase use. Yeah. And there was another cheat code that would do the same thing. Interesting. It would send you to the last level, unlimited power, and you'd just fly to the end and uh, defeat Medusa, and you win. Right on. Yeah. And then we can't forget about like Metroid, Castlevania. Oh yeah, Metroid. Just, you know, classics in the in the yeah. uh, in the field. So yeah, I defeated Metroid with a Game Genie code. Oh yeah, I, I was I was I was a game genie guy too. Yes. Unfortunately, well, I, I didn't have a game genie. I actually uh, defeated it in an emulator. 
Oh, right on. Okay. (laughs) Because you can put a lot of those Game Genie codes in an emulator, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. uh, Sega Master System, uh, which a lot of people don't know about. That was pretty big in Europe. Because mm-hmm. I actually uh, actually lived in Europe in the 90s. Uh, my parents were in the military. Right. And they were stationed in Germany. So I actually actually played this one time. Mm-hmm. I played at my friend's house. And we played like Tom and Jerry or yeah. something like that. So I mean, they did have it here in the States, too. I remember the advertisements for it. I think NES really beat them out, though, in the 8-bit arena. Well, I should say so. They got, like, yeah. almost five times the sales. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the graphics were a little better on the Sega Master System. I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you. It's been yeah. too long since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. The sound was kind of interesting, too. I don't know that was necessarily better, but it had an interesting, unique sound, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a little more expensive than the Nintendo Entertainment System. Not much. It's like by 20 bucks. We're at $199.99. Sold 17.8 million. Yeah, not nearly as many sales. You should have, should have invested more in marketing, I guess. Yeah. A lot of them would have a built in game as well. Okay. And, um, gosh, I can't remember what the built in game was now, but I think it depended on when you got the system to what game it was. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Do you want to go over the honorable mentions for the third generation? Okay, so honorable mentions, the SG-1000, which was Sega, but that was not here in the States. That was uh, other countries, I think Japan, maybe Europe as well, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, this says released only in Japan, yeah. Oh, yeah, at least according to our notes, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was Sega's first console. Um, so I think that was out before the Sega Master System. Yeah, I guess so, uh, but apparently it did it did worse than the Master System. Yeah. So. And um, this is where you bring up the Atari 7800, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So it was backwards compatible with the Atari 2600. First backwards compatible console we yeah. might add. Yeah. It was a small library of games. That, they had better graphics. And, um, yeah, but it just wasn't as popular um i think it's i think i should point out too like for the first three generations like the market was like absolutely saturated with mm-hmm. consoles yeah like it's not like now there's only like you know two three four five consoles like the first generation there was like literally almost 100 different consoles right so. yeah and let's see the atari 8-bit computers home computers um I think, like, um, they were essentially either, like, almost the same thing as either the 5200 or 7800. I can't remember which. Oh, yeah. I want to say 5200 as far as, like, the graphics and everything go. But um, they took the standard Atari VCS joysticks. So if you're going to go back and collect one of these to play games... I would get one of the Atari 8-bit computers over the 5200. The Atari 7800 you might get is that there's a smaller collection of games. Uh, and uh, the Atari 8-bit computers, they're easy to collect games for, too. The games are relatively inexpensive. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the fourth generation of consoles. And uh, I think this is really, really where I started personally making like my best gaming memories. Mm-hmm. Like this is really where I first started like getting yeah. into gaming as like a hobby. And know? this, and this has my favorite uh, gaming console of all time. I might add. Oh, the uh, Virtual Boy? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I well, did want that as a kid, but then I heard how much it sucked. And I I'm played like, like a a, oh, a, a demo copy one time, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. But, so uh, the top seller from that generation was 1990s Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes, that was my favorite console of that, all time. That is a good one. That's probably. Yes. Mine might be the PS2, but SNES is definitely up there. Yeah. But um, it um debuted at a price of one ninety nine ninety nine and went on to sell forty nine point one million consoles. Oh yeah, and I mean, great games for the system. It came with the absolutely wonderful game you all know, Super Mario World. It was great. I loved the hidden uh, areas in the game. You could go back and explore everything once you beat the game. It was just too much fun. Yeah, Mario World. That's one of my. It's definitely. That's probably one of my top five games. Yeah. I mean, it is a. It's a perfect game. I mean, there's. Mm-hmm. There's. I can't think of anything bad to say about it. Right. But um, as far as other games from uh, the Super Nintendo, um, this generation reminds me of like those Disney games that they had, mm-hmm. like uh, Aladdin and like. Mar- not Mario, uh, Lion King. You know, the, I can remember those games. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Metroid, yes. uh, Star Fox. I love Star Fox. As a yes, uh, Star Fox was a big one. It was a great system for uh, role playing games. Uh, I didn't play a ton of RPGs. Yeah, uh, back then. I don't. I still. I'm not really not an RPG. Guy. I mean, I play them here and there, mm-hmm. but um, I did like um, Link to the Past. That was on Super right. Nintendo. That was yes. Good. What were some of your RPGs that you liked on there? Um, I mean, you know, Mario RPG, um, Earthbound. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember what that one was. That um, let's see, there's uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, things like that. Okay, but uh, yeah, I remember playing Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a couple of the Final Fantasy games. Like I said, I, yeah. I was I was I was never really too much into RPGs yeah. as a kid growing up. Did I mention Earthbound? You did mention Earthbound. Okay, yes. yeah. I know Earthbound is like one expensive game too. Yeah, that's because uh, I think it came with like the strategy guide. I remember yeah. like the game as a kid. Like, why is the game so huge? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it didn't sell that many copies, but it was a really good game. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Earthbound is, like, one of those series. Like, you know, you think of, like, your top tier Mario series. I mean, Nintendo series. I'm sorry. You got your Mario. You got your yeah. Legend of Zelda. You know, Earthbound is kind of, like, maybe C. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, it also had Final Fantasy games, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the RPGs go. Um, it, yeah, it's a great RPG system. Uh, racing games like Super Mario Kart, we mentioned F uh, F Zero. Yeah, F Zero. Um, that was crazy. yeah, that was fun. I've got that. Um, you know, some great games. I I liked the Mode Seven graphics. It was interesting because it's like pseudo 3D, but mm-hmm. pixelated at the same time. You know. When you go, when you have things come up, yeah, it is right. weird. This is kind of like that transition. Yeah. It was like this is yeah. like where they first started doing like 3D graphics. Yeah, like, that's an interesting effect. Like yeah. it's weird when you go back and watch, like when you look at like uh, Star Fox now, it's like, oh wow, well, how, yeah. how far we've come. Yeah, well, Star Fox was a different graphics. Completely. Oh yeah, that was in Mode Seven, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like right. just the the dawn of 3D graphics. Yes. <laughs> So after the Super Nintendo, the next highest selling console from that generation would be 1988's Sega Genesis. Um, it debuted at a price of $189.99 and went on to sell 
35.25 million mm-hmm. uh, units. So uh, about, you know, uh, 60% about what Super yeah. NES sold. So. Yeah, they were a major competitor for Nintendo at this point. In Japan, they didn't do quite as well. And to me, this is kind of like, at least from what I was aware of, this is kind of like the first quote-unquote console war I remember being aware of. Right. Like, I remember, like, during the Nintendo 8 era, the NES, the third generation, I don't really remember hearing much about it, but, like, you know, Nintendo and Sega Genesis, that was, like, a big thing in the 90s. Yeah, and we got to keep in mind, the Genesis came out before the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's the thing about Sega. They... The first of the party, but yeah, they're the first one to leave too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, uh, let's see. They had the blast processing, uh, though supposedly. Uh, so, what was blast processing? Well, it was a marketing term, really. It wasn't even a technical term. They just had a faster processor than Super Nintendo. Yeah. Otherwise, the Super Nintendo spec-wise beat the Sega Genesis out. But. That is one thing I do feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just biased because we played Sonic the Hedgehog on there, but I always felt like there was a bigger, there was more of a sense of speed on the Sega Genesis itself. Yes. Yeah, like the, it just seems like the games are just snappier, you know? And your your sense would be right because they did have a faster processor. The Super Nintendo wasn't able to keep up with this, keep up as much as speed. However, where they won out was like in uh, color, the graphics quality. Yeah. It was amazing, you know? Um, And then there was one that came out earlier. But we can go um, over some of the Sega Genesis games. Um, Yeah, Sega Genesis, I mean, obviously, Sonic the Hedgehog is the main thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I played all those games one through three, played Sonic and Knuckles. Um, Let me see, what else did I play on there? Streets of Rage was a big mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that was a big one for that. Uh, yeah. Golden Axe, Altered oh, Beast, yeah. uh, Comic Zone. Uh, yeah. Just so many oh, classics. Yeah, Comic Zone's a good game. So many classics on that system. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm saying the same thing, and there's one um, that's not coming to mind as far as the name of it right now. Oh, Mortal Kombat, um, the Blood Code. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the yeah, the Genesis version had the Blood Code. That's not the one I'm thinking of. Um Gunstar Heroes. Was, was that the one with the robots? Um, let's see if I could pull up a graphic about it. Because I remember playing some game, it was like Cowboys and Robots or something. I don't know. So yeah. Let's see. We've got Gunstar Heroes up here. Um gonna sorry if you hear music here it's this one here yeah there were like robots and stuff in it so it's like but... kind of your standard side scroll and shoot them up kind of deal yeah pretty much yeah um very arcadey i felt yeah but you know it's really good um yeah i think um the genesis had a lot of good arcade type games you yeah. know like as far as the beat em ups and stuff go, I think so. Like uh, I remember yeah. playing, um, you play Moonwalker, the Michael Jackson game. I've always wanted to play that game. I never got to play it, dude. It's so funny. Yeah, and, like I'm not playing. The whole point of the game is either you go through a level and there's a bunch of kids in the level, mm-hmm. and you must find the kids. When right. You find the kids, you touch them, and they fly away. Oh yeah. And that's the whole game. Weird. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but um. Yeah, I never owned a Sega Genesis, so unfortunately I didn't, didn't uh, get those games. Yeah. I do have like uh, 
the Sega Genesis classics. Some of them on uh, Steam now. So I've had a couple of those collections. Like I had the one for like PS2. It's like 60 plus Super Nintendo, not Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis games and that kind yeah. of thing. But. All right. All right. So, um, so the next highest selling system from that console, sorry, the next highest selling console from the fourth generation is uh, 1987's TurboGrafx-16. Yes. It debuted at a price of $199.99 and went on to sell 10 million units. Yes. And despite this uh, being marketed as a 16-bit system, and we're going to get into marketing here again, this was an 8-bit system. The scandal. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't know that, but this had an 8-bit processor in it. Now, was it, ever, was it, for whatever reason, able to, like, put out better graphics than other 8-bit consoles? It or had what? a 16-bit graphics processor in there, uh, from what I understand, okay. but the main processor was 8-bit. Was, all people cared about back then was the graphics. Yeah, but, I mean, I think this goes to show that a lot of this was just uh, marketing terminology and not really... Uh, yeah, I think, too, like, this is so the first... This of- is, like, you know computers are really just starting to mm-hmm. enter like the public consciousness at this point so yes. no one knows about processing and ram yeah and kind of things so. yeah true so i think a lot of people are thinking at this time more bits must mean uh better graphics better sounds things like that i mean i, I kind of feel like they're kind of led to believe that like okay well the 8-bit yeah. era was all blocky yeah and the 16-bit era we kind of got polygons yeah and then you know so mm-hmm. little did they realize the intellivision was an eight, uh, was a 16-bit system. <laughs> don't do it to him, Joey. Don't do yes, it to him. Yes, don't do it to them. I know. All right, so uh, some honorable mentions from the fourth generation are the uh, C- the Philips CDI and the uh, Neo Geo. Yes. The uh, CDI uh, was innovative in that. It was one of the first um, disc-based CD mm-hmm. consoles, and um, it was actually marketed as a multimedia machine. Right. Yeah, and I'm going to add one more honorable mention okay, as go well. Ahead. But uh, before we get there, yeah, CDI, I actually wanted one of these. Uh, but I'm glad my parents never got it for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember seeing these like in the stores growing up. And I think like yeah. I think the biggest thing about this is like the had like a lot of FMV games. Mm-hmm. But back in like the day, that was like the best graphics. Like, oh my god, it's like watching a TV yeah. show. It's a video game. Yeah, I, I saw it in a Sears catalog remember those things i remember those the, yes. wish, the wish book yeah um yeah it had the cd interactive in there uh i was i was a nerd um so i was interested in a lot of the educational stuff that it offered nerd <laughs> yeah uh, of course i was interested in the games as well but i thought the encyclopedia was really cool you know um the photo uh the digitized photos of the graphics and everything yeah seemed really interesting to me uh but yeah uh as i learned more about it later the games weren't the greatest i mean i had a few good games but yeah yeah i I played a couple games for it the games wasn't really the strong point like i said so yeah it wasn't and it was never really meant to be a gaming console anyway nor at least not strictly a gaming console gotcha yeah all right, so then um, the other mention, the, the, uh, the other honorable mention that I mentioned was the Neo Geo, and that was a home console port of the uh, SNK arcade platform. So SNK, they did games like uh, Metal Slug, they did like King mm-hmm. of Fighters, they did um, 
What was the other fighting game they had? Um, is King of Fighters or something else? Final Fury, I think. A Fatal Fury. Or Fatal that was Fury, it. yes. So, uh, but yeah, so they made their own console, and uh, unfortunately, the high console and game prices led to poor sales. Yes. Uh, the Neo Geo launched at a price of six forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, only rich people bought it. Yes, this t- <laughs> this twenty five year old game system launched for more money than the PS three, and it's still expensive to collect for today. I can imagine. But the great thing about the Neo Geo was it was like a direct uh, port. They really didn't have to change much of the code. It's the same thing as the arcade game, you know? Oh, is that why there were some games that retailed at over $250? (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Some of these 25-year-old games cost more than a Nintendo Switch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so one that we didn't have in here. uh, The... Oh. Actually, I guess you put it in the fifth generation. I guess it was pretty close to what I The 3DO? No, I was say, oh, thinking... the Jaguar? Yeah, I actually thought of the Atari Jaguar as like the late part of the fourth generation, but you've got it in the fifth generation, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm very thorough, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all good. Hey, all it's right, your yeah, outline. <laughs> you, want, you want to take us through the fifth generation of consoles? Okay, so... PlayStation 1, I actually have one of these in the closet, and I don't know if it works, but my brother gave it to me. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's one that I didn't have growing up. Um, you probably might be more familiar with the games than I am, because I started getting out of gaming at this time. Well, yeah, the PS1, um, that's uh, that was a really big console for me. I remember I got uh, Christmas in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. First two games I got were Ballerina Toshinden and mm-hmm. uh, Twisted Metal. Right. But um, there's just so many games from the PS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Tony Hawk series started out in there. That was a favorite of mine growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid, another favorite series of mine. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my favorite games for the PS1 was uh, Siphon Filter. You ever heard of that? I've heard of it. It was probably the first like cinematic type game that I played. Oh, yeah. It was like this, you know, it was like this espionage kind of story. There's like a, mm-hmm. this mad bomber has a virus and you got to go to all these different locations throughout the world and you got to kill these bad guys. You got right. guns and you got, I remember the biggest, <laughs> the, I think the signature weapon of the series is, is the air taser, mm-hmm. which is basically like, it's like a thing you hold in your hand and you yeah. aim it at somebody and you shoot a line at them and they electrocute them. And if you keep electrocuting them, they light on fire mm-hmm. and they scream. So, you know, it's it's cool because, like, if you're doing, like, uh, like a stealth, you can zap them, and then, you know, eventually they'll die. But yeah. then if you zap them too long, they'll scream, and they'll blow up your spot. Right. So. Yeah, and this generation was, like, the first with, like, really uh, detailed, like, introductions and cinematic scenes. Well, this is, like, uh, this that. is where you first started to see, like, you know, high-quality three-dimensional polygons, mm-hmm. you know? But right. But then, um... But yeah, like I said, so many good series. I mean, the Crash Bandicoot series mm-hmm. is big. Uh, Final Fantasy, I played. I love Final Fantasy VII. That was one of that's yeah. one of the few uh, RPGs I really liked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just too many to name. Almost just so right. many great games from this console. Oh yeah. The next one, the Nintendo sixty four. We had one of them. Uh, it was my brother's. Now I have it. Um, but yeah, I think the games that I was really into, uh, Star Fox sixty four. Which, you know, Star Fox from the original was a great game. Star Fox 64 was an even better game, I thought. 
Um, this was, uh, let's see, the other game, of course, uh, 007. Oh, yeah, GoldenEye. Yeah, Classic. GoldenEye, yeah. Yeah, GoldenEye. Yeah, that was a great game. That was probably, but, like, the first big console, like, FPS. Yes, it was. And even though the frame rate just sucked at uh, on it, it was A lot of still, things are wrong with yeah. that game, if I'm being yeah. honest. Like, the controls yeah. aren't the best. I mean, the draw distance, mm -hmm. the frame rate, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what I think really sucks now is, like, just uh, licensing issues with games like this, you know? Yeah. It's a classic for the Nintendo 64. However, you're never going to see this uh, released on um, a remake of the Nintendo 64 because I think there's a lot of licensing issues with this game that they're they're just not going to be able to work that out now. Yeah. Then uh, well, I mean, a lot of great uh, other uh, games got their start on the 64. Like uh, this is where Smash Brothers got its start. Uh, Mario Party. Um, I know Mario Kart's are on the Super Nintendo, but I really didn't. I wasn't really crazy about the Super Nintendo game, but yeah, the N64 Mario Kart was really was where I really started getting yeah. into it. And even Mario 64, you know, that really set the standard for like 3D platforming. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, I think the problem, one of the problems that Nintendo 64 has is that I think the, I think the controller was almost built for that one game, Mario 64. Right. But um, but yeah, it was still just a great little console. So yeah. So uh, let's see. Honorable mentions. Oh wait, no, we need to get Sega Saturn first. Oh yeah, yeah. you can't forget the Sega <laughs> yeah, Saturn. Yeah, we don't want to forget that. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that came out in 1994, and we had some friends that had one of these. Uh, 399.99 at launch. Uh, so it sold uh, 9.3 million, just about. Yeah. Uh, great system from what I remember. I don't remember what games I played on it, honestly. I think I had, like, one friend yeah. that had it. I remember we played, what was it? Sonic 3D Blast. Yeah. Was the big game on there. Yeah. We had this game called Knights. Did you play that? No. I mean, I only... We went, only went to a friend's house maybe a few times to play the games, but I don't even remember oh, what okay. games they were, to be honest. I remember yeah. the graphics were pretty amazing, but... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't have a ton of, uh, besides those two games, I don't have a ton of experience with yeah. the Saturn. So. Yeah, most of my experience was, like, with the 8-bit and 16-bit uh, consoles, really. Um, but, yeah. Uh, honorable mentions, and I didn't have a 3DO. Uh, I think they were kind of expensive. Yeah, launch price was a uh, $700. What were they thinking back then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 3DO, 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, which seemed very interesting, at least with their business, or seemed very similar, I should say, with their business model to like what Philips did with the CDI after a while, licensing out because they had uh, third party support, and well, they had great. Uh, they released to a great deal of third-party support and consumer interest. A lot of the first DVD players actually had essentially a 3DO built in. Really? Yeah. Um, not all of them, but some of them did. Well, it makes sense. I know right. the early DVD players are pretty expensive, yeah. so. Yeah, but we're looking at like $700. Yeah, that wasn't going to fly among most gamers. 
Um, I never owned one, but it looked like an interesting system to me when it was out. Well, yeah, I mean, it says on here that there was a lot of third-party support and uh, consumer interest. Yeah, but, but it I, just didn't... I guess the price tag was just a little too yeah. much for people to swallow. Yeah, it's like more than the Neo Geo, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, yep. And then what about the Jaguar? The Atari Jaguar, if I remember correctly, it was expensive as well, but 64-bit console because, you know, more bits means better, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, marketing... But this time the marketing didn't pan out so well. I think Atari was kind of on its way out. I don't um, remember much about it. Like I remember seeing like ads for it like in magazines, but I don't think I've ever seen one yeah. like at a store, at someone's house, stuff like yeah. that. So. Well, I mean, I've got the Atari Jaguar controllers here. I think this probably turned away a lot of people too. I mean, take a look at it. Would you personally want to use a controller that looked like this it looks like you're playing with a cd player that has a calculator stuck to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean okay so we've got the directional pad on top of that we got the let's see pause and option button which are kind of like start and select i guess okay you have a z at z y and x that's three buttons there uh that g b and a uh, or c b and a Three more buttons so we got six seven eight there then a nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty freaking buttons on this controller it's a lot of buttons that's a lot of buttons <laughs> i mean who and wants to it's not very ergonomic i'm gonna, i'm not gonna lie no well actually some people i've seen online have said they actually like the controller really yeah um, but yeah, I I looked at that controller back in the day. I'm like, uh, looks like you're playing with a sandwich, bro. <laughs> yeah, how am I supposed to play games like that? Of course, as a PC gamer, I'm here using my mouse and my keyboard. But I mean, I learned typing when I was in sixth grade, so it comes kind of naturally to me. But gosh, it was just such an at least an awful looking controller. Yeah, how it is in use, I couldn't tell you, but. Um, I just know what other people have said. I've heard other people say it actually feels pretty good. I don't know, like good. the original Xbox controller, that thing was a beast, but I mean, I could play it just fine. Oh, I have yeah. huge hands, so. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there weren't that many, uh, people developing for the Atari Jaguar, so not a lot of third-party support. Though, I think these days, it's a big hobbyist platform to create games on. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Because there's a number of homebrew games for it now. Alright, so moving on to the 6th generation, we had one of these here, PlayStation 2, which came out in 2000, uh, $299.99, and um, sold uh, 155 million units. And today it is the highest selling video game console. Yes. Uh, I love playing this one. Uh, the main game I played was like uh, 
Raw versus SmackDown. Okay. Yeah, WWF. I played all those. I played SmackDown. Yeah, it was SmackDown for the first couple. Like, there's like three SmackDown games. And it was Raw versus SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I played a lot of those games. I played, uh, again, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk 3, probably mm-hmm. my favorite game in the series, is on here. Uh, God of War was on here. Right. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Um, I mean, just so many games, even too many to name. Just the mm-hmm. PS2 was a powerhouse. Just so many awesome games. Like Ratchet and Clank. Uh, yeah, again, um, I wasn't into a lot of uh, gaming at this time. I was into what was retro gaming at that point, okay, which was okay. 8-bit, 16-bit still. So PS2 just didn't interest me that much at the time, other than the wrestling video game, you know? Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, it was fun to play. Uh, my brother played the PlayStation 2 more than I did, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think part of what I didn't like about, like, the fifth and sixth generations was, like, there were a lot of, like, um, you know, how you have first person, but then you have third person. Yeah. I, I did not like the third person aspect. See, that, I was, uh, like, third person as opposed have. to first person myself, yeah. so. Well, I, I just had trouble, and maybe it's because I'm not super coordinated, but the camera views would all get... Uh, out of whack and I couldn't tell where I was at and then I had to like press a button to turn the camera around I'm like no I don't like this you know <laughs> if the camera just follow me like normal it'll be fine those types of games where it would do that I was okay with but if I had to move the camera around and stuff like that no one of the biggest things about this generation this is where like uh Sandbox games really became popular. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 debuted on the PlayStation 2. Oh, yes. And that was really the first, like, you know, sandbox game. Mm-hmm. And now there's, like, every every action game that comes out now is, is, is both a sandbox game and an RPG. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So then we have, uh, oh, well, then we have the Xbox, which came out a year later in mm-hmm. 2000. An Intel based console. Oh, really? If I remember correctly. You. No more than I do. Yeah. Uh, it had the same price as a PS2 at two nine nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and uh, only went on to sell 24 million copies right. or units. Or, yeah. yeah. We found it quite interesting that Microsoft, who was a PC software company, was coming out with a console. I think a lot of my friends didn't know how it would even do at the time. You know, it's yeah, really obviously remember. it's done pretty well. The only game I remember playing for the Xbox... Uh, was uh, Halo. Halo yeah. 1 and 2, I think, were on the mm-hmm. Xbox. Um, like I said, I never had one, so so nothing else really steps, uh, stands out to me, really, yeah. from the original Xbox. All right. You've got one GCN here, and maybe... Oh, sorry, that's the uh, GameCube. Oh, GameCube. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was uh, in the year 2000. Right. Uh, 2001, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that debuted at a price of $199.99, so $100 less than the Xbox and PS2. Yeah. And uh, went on to sell 22 million copies. Oh, yeah. We had a GameCube. Again, it was mostly my brother uh, playing it because uh, I I didn't do it all too often. I did not like the controllers on it, and we had a Wrestling Legends video game, I think it was. Um, I, was it Day of Reckoning? 
I can't. Or remember. Legends of Wrestling, maybe. Or Legends of Wrestling. That was, that that was like the third party that game. That was the, yeah. Yeah, like Bret Hart um, and like yeah, Eddie Guerrero uh, in it. Right. And then there was some other WWE game that we played too. And I just didn't like the controls on it, you know? Uh, I mean, I was cool with the controls. Obviously, uh, very unique controller for the GameCube yes. as well as for the uh, N64. Yeah. Yeah, the N64, I mean. I find that to be an odd controller as well, but I think I like the N64 one better than the GameCube controller. See, I like the GameCube better, because at least the GameCube is almost shaped like a regular controller. Yeah. But the, I don't know what they were thinking with the N64, yeah, to be honest. You've, you've got a point there. I thought the N64 one was probably... They were probably trying to make it look like it would uh, come out of Star Fox or something. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Where, I like the weird three-prong yeah. design. I mean, I personally didn't mind that. It was different, for sure, but... Um, yeah, the I don't know. For some reason, I just had problems with the GameCube controller. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, GameCube, again, lots of great games from there. Mm -hmm. uh, first one comes to mind for me is uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I played that a little bit, but we never owned that. That and uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, it's, yeah, I forgot about that. It's my favorite Mario Kart game. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, those are, I played a lot of those, both of those games when mm -hmm. I was in college. So Yeah. Again, it's like this was a time where I was out of gaming completely, and I haven't gotten the newer consoles either. So it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, last one we have here is the Dreamcast, which is actually the first sixth generation console to come out in 1998. And um, well, just like the GameCube, it came out at a price of 199.99, mm -hmm. but unfortunately only went on to sell 9.13 million copies. Yeah, that would be uh, Sega's last. Uh real console yeah they became a third-party developer out of that it's kind of yeah. weird just growing up mm -hmm. you know it was nintendo and sega right and yeah. now it's well it's nintendo and sony and microsoft mm -hmm. yeah it's very weird all right uh as far as the dreamcast um i never had one but i had a couple friends that had one um so i remember playing um, sonic adventure obviously it was a big game on there mm -hmm. uh marvel versus capcom 2 oh yeah i played a lot of that uh, was it Soul Calibur? Uh, what's the main things that I remember from the Dreamcast? Right. I mean, it had some it had some popular titles, but it just did not get the sales that previous Sega consoles did. Uh, Unfortunately, not. And then, like you said, that was the death knell for Sega as a console manufacturer. They just went on to just make software after that. Yeah. Um, so on to the seventh generation, uh, yeah, the Wii I thought was a great system. Um, I never owned one myself. Well, a lot of people thought it was great. It yeah. sold 101 million copies. Oh so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Wii was just kind of like an anomaly. Like oh, Wii yeah. was the first time that I remember like a console that everyone had. Mm -mm. Everyone was playing on Except the Wii. Except me. Like I'm not I'm not playing each person, yeah. but like every demographic, it was like parents were playing yeah. it, old people were playing it, kids, teenagers. They had you know, just everyone was playing it. This is yeah. it was the weirdest thing. It was it was a phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, um, I was interested in the Wii, but I was um, spending all my money to go to a ministry school for a cult at the time. So you know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds Yay. like money that was well invested. No. <laughs> no, uh, that was a bad decision back in the day. Hey, but, you live um, and you learn, right? Yeah, no. 
Uh, now I can find a Wii at like the grid here in Charlotte for pretty cheap, probably. So, you know, yeah, they definitely, there's definitely a lot out there in the wilds. You can definitely find one out there for right. cheap. But, um, um, as far as games for the Wii, um, I never had one myself, but I had a lot of friends that had one. Yeah. Um, I remember playing like Smash Brothers Brawl, mm -hmm. um, you know, Mario Galaxy, right. uh, you know, Mario Kart. I feel like I'm seeing mm -hmm. the same things over and over. Yeah, Smash Brothers Brawl was really good. Um, I I always all enjoyed the Wii bowling. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the Wii sports yeah. games, like bowling yeah, and archery and all yeah, that stuff. Sports, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was always fun. Boxing. But, I was really good at the Wii boxing. Yeah. I was good at the bowling. If I did things just right, I'd get a strike every time. <laughs> you know, I, I just, um, I would go to a friend's house every once in a while, play that with them, and I learned there was a particular way to move the controller that I would get a strike every single time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a weird thing, because I think the the original Wii controllers, like, they modified them later. Mm -hmm. But it was, an, it was pretty much just like... It didn't really track your movement. It would just track that you moved. Yeah. Like, if you played, like, Just Dance. I remember one year I was playing Just Dance with my brother on the Wii. Mm -hmm. And he was doing, like, the whole dance. He's breaking his arm. He's lifting his leg. He's doing the whole thing. Right. And so it's my turn. I'm just sitting there on the couch. I'm just wiggling the controller back and forth. And I'm getting a higher score than him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, yeah. But I guess, you know, I guess if you want to use your imagination, then, yeah. I guess you can do more full motion stuff. But. Right. Yeah. It was actually, oddly enough, it was pretty uh, rudimentary motion tracking for the time. Yeah, it was. So, um, so then the next highest console, so, uh, highest selling console after the Nintendo Wii is the PlayStation 3 from Sony. Uh, it came out the same year as the Wii 2006 at a significantly higher price tag with mm -hmm. the uh, premium model retailing for $599.99. Yes. And uh, the PS3, all the um, SKUs went on to sell collectively 87.4 million units. Mm -hmm. So uh, PS3, I remember I bought this console um, in the fall of 2007 because I had gotten in a car accident. Oh. I got sideswiped by an 18-wheeler. And I used the money to pay off my credit card and buy a PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But again, like uh, lots of really good um, games from this uh, generation. Uh, I mean, from this console. Um, Uncharted got started on here. That's a great one. Um, God of War 3. Probably mm -hmm. one of my favorite games. Um, let me see what else what else oh grand theft auto 5 came out on yeah. this that was a lot of people think like oh it's a ps4 game Nah, it came out on the ps3 oh yeah um i, I mean that's been out for a while now yeah i guess well because it, it, i think it was one of the last games to come out for the ps3 yeah so i know it's still a popular one for pc as well so it's at least like seven eight years old by now yeah. well i know it's the grand theft auto 5 has generated more money than any piece of media ever mm -hmm. so any game movie book tv show grand theft auto 5 is the best-selling media property ever wow <laughs> well not best-selling it's it's generated the most money because they have their online component and i guess just so many people are playing that and buying like their little currency cards and all that stuff at some point disney's gonna have to buy them really do you think <laughs> disney's gonna buy grand theft auto <laughs> yeah I mean, who was it that made it? Was it Rockstar Games? Rockstar, yeah. Yeah, at some point, Disney could buy Rockstar Games and they see, oh, wait, these guys are making a ton of money. We need to get in on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying it could happen. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they have other avenues. I mean, they have... They own Star Wars. I know, yeah. So they have the Star Wars games, and then... Yeah, when we're talking big media properties, I mean... You don't get much bigger than Disney. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe maybe Microsoft could buy them up, too, you know? Maybe. You never know. Um, So, yeah. Then the uh, Xbox 360 also came out. Uh, came out a year before the PS3 in 2005, mm-hmm. at a significantly lower price tag of 3.99, and um, but went on to sell almost as much as the PS3 mm-hmm. uh, at about 84 million consoles. Right. Okay. So uh, the thing that always sticks out to me is the uh, the Red Ring of Death for the 360. Oh yeah. That was like I guess there's some sort of problem with the internal something where it would overheat. Yes, I I did hear about that, and it would like completely like shut your system mm-hmm. down. So, but um, but yeah, there were a lot of good games from this era. I know like Bioshock came out uh, for the 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass Effect debuted on the 360. Um, what else? Yeah. Uh, Gears of War. That's a pretty popular right. game. So. I love some uh, Bioshock Infinite, which I played on the PC. Um, yeah, I never really got into Bioshock. Like, I played some of the first one, and I played some of the third one. I just couldn't get into them, but I know they're yeah. pretty beloved games in the industry. Oh, yeah. So, no honorable mentions there. No, I couldn't really see any yeah. for... I think, now that I think about it, I think there was a, there was like an Android system that came out in that generation called the Ouya. Remember hearing about that? Oh, yeah. That, the, the, no, that, no, that no, 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 no. It's Ouya. Not- <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that one flopped pretty bad, the Ouya. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't really see anything else as far as for that generation. Yeah. Honorable mentions. But, um, but then going on to the next generation is the one we just, uh, I guess we just finished it up technically. Mm-hmm. The eighth generation. Uh, the leader for that generation was the PS4, which debuted in 2013. Um, uh, it's, it uh, debuted at a price tag of three ninety nine ninety nine. It went on to sell one hundred thirteen point six million units. All right. So this is the primary console that I own right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just there've been a lot of great games for this generation. Um, yeah. God of War might be my favorite game of all time. That is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. The Spider-Man game that came out uh, in 2018 is really good. Um, this is kind of like the generation I started really getting like indie games, right? Like because um, I have PlayStation Plus, so sometimes you get indie games on there that you wouldn't normally play. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good games that I played on the PS4, uh, uh, like I played Journey. Um, what else? Uh, Limbo was really good. Uh, I mean, there's too many names, just so many little games. Abzu was one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my impressions of the PS4. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything from you or? I mean, I didn't have the PS4, um, so, but yeah, I know Abzu was popular on the PC as well. Um, yeah, that was, that was a very, very beautiful game. Yeah, Borderlands, was that PS3 or PS4, or was it both, really? It was, uh, I think it came out on PS3, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was PS3 as well. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed playing that on PC as well. Borderlands, so. yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Y'all gotta understand, um, with the, when it comes to the newer games, I'm more of a PC guy, not as much of a console. You know, a lot guy. of the games get ported over. You know. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they port over Cobra Kai to PC eventually because that would be awesome. Oh, is there a Cobra Kai game? There's a Cobra Kai game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Available for the eighth and uh, ninth generation consoles, but not PC. 
Do they have a social media where you kick someone off the second floor of the school? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that That's horrible. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, and then, um, so yeah, um, coming under the, uh, so the weird thing about the eighth generation is that Nintendo actually released two consoles. Yes. They released the Wii U in 2012, which mm-hmm. um, pretty much flopped. Yeah, and until then, uh, Super Mario Maker came along, I think that's the only reason people bought Wii U's. Well, I know like uh, there was popular games for it, like right. Mario Maker, uh, the Smash Brothers Four that was on yes. there. Um, what's another thing I was just thinking of? Uh, like New Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all the big Nintendo yeah. games that you would expect were on there. Yeah, like uh, Mario Kart, things like that. Yeah, but I think the big title people bought this for was... Yeah, uh, but the system itself really flopped. But the uh, Switch, Mm -hmm. which came out in 2017, has been significantly more successful. Oh, yeah. Um, It debuted in 2017 at a price of Mm $299.99. And um, as of now, it has sold about 68.3 million units. Yeah. And I know at the beginning of the pandemic, you could not find these anywhere. Yeah. They were uh, pretty popular. Right. And I know, uh, what was it, Animal Crossing. That was like the big game. That mm-hmm. came out like right in April when the pandemic started. Yeah, everyone was playing yeah. it. Yeah, and I think with the Switch and Nintendo generally, it's like I notice they tend to do well with most of their consoles, except for being like the Wii U and Virtual Boy things like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like the Switch. It's like it's not necessarily the greatest hardware, like PS4 and Xbox One had the switch beat i think you know oh yeah but the switch you know they create uh, great content and the i thing think about the switch too is like ever since i think like n64 was their last like graphical powerhouse console. right yeah every generation after that nintendo they've kind of positioned themselves as like you know we don't have the best graphics but we're the most fun yeah, yeah. you want to play mario you want to play link you want to yeah. play kirby you know where to go you know mm-hmm. And they focused a lot on uh, family friendliness, too. So I think that encouraged a lot of uh, families to buy the consoles as well as, like, just casual gamers. Like well, It's almost like an anachronism. I remember growing up, like, a lot of people wouldn't say video games. They've seen Nintendo. Like, yeah. are you going to go play Nintendo? Like, no one was right. saying, like, hey, you going to play yeah. Sega? I guess some people were, put, were saying that. but Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, it's like kind of like how we use the word photoshop today i may not necessarily be using photoshop i could be using gimp but um or it's like you know, clean like, or band-aids yeah or hey can you photoshop wrap? this image for me i'm like sure and i'm using gimp and not photoshop i know yeah. i would love to use the gimp joe yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right gimp by the way is gnu image manipulation program you don't gotta tell them they know <laughs> some people don't <laughs> i'm just playing they might not know they might know. not know yeah all right, so after the Switch was uh, 2013's Xbox One, which uh, debuted at a retail price of $499.99 and um, has, uh, as of today, has sold 46.9 million copies. Yeah. Um, I know I mentioned this in the, the, the game podcast I did a few months ago, but mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things with Xbox One is that it came out with the Kinect. Yes. Yeah. So they went full in on this motion gaming, mm-hmm. you know, camera tracker thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think it was a cool gimmick. Like my roommate at the time had one, and we had fun with it. But I think it was just kind of one of those things. Like it, it kind of like I would say it's welcome. 
Like, it wasn't the most responsive thing. Like, a lot, a lot of times you try to do something and it just wouldn't happen. Right. So, it was a fun idea, but mm-hmm. poor execution, I guess. Yeah. So. And then, um, then I'd be briefly mentioned before the Wii U. That was mm-hmm. the first console that Nintendo released yeah. this uh, generation. Uh, came out in 2012. Uh, $299.99. Uh, has only sold $13.56 million. So that's probably the worst-selling mainstream, mainline Nintendo console, probably. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, probably. I, I don't think we had Virtual Boy in the list at all, but I wonder how it compares to the Virtual Boy. See, Virtual Boy, I think that's like more of like a. I mean, I guess it's technically a console, but it's like a handheld. It's a console. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't. It's know like a tabletop yeah. console. It's kind of weird. Yeah, because we didn't really cover handhelds here, and I don't know that you could consider that a console necessarily. Yeah. I think the best said about the less said about the Virtual Boy, the better. Yeah, we'll shut up about the Virtual Boy now. Um, I think the, I think the problem with Wii U, I think a lot of it was like a branding issue. Yes. Because I think like it came out like the biggest gimmick for them was it had like this huge game pad with the screen on it. Yeah. And it almost looked like a Nintendo Switch. So it came with yeah. like this pad. It had the controllers on the side mm-hmm. and the screen in the middle. But I think a lot of people thought like Wii U is this like the next Wii or yeah. is it like a an upgrade or what is it supposed to be yeah so. i mean i was thinking it was like a tablet with controller parts on the side or a controller with a tablet on it you know that's the thing i think a lot of people i think people maybe saw it and thought okay is it like a thing that you plug into your wii that you have now mm-hmm. i think i think i think that was a thing i think it was just like you know yeah. confusion in the marketplace was really what didn't really help the wii at all there wii was, t- the wii u yes all. there was that and also when i was working at the grid i learned a lot of people thought the wii u was an add-on to the wii and they didn't know that it was actually a separate console that's what i'm saying like a lot of people thought that the screen uh controller thing they thought that's what you were buying and it was for your wii right oh, okay they, yeah i know I they have i know nintendo's had problems with branding in the past like i know like you know, like you got the Nintendo DS, and you got mm-hmm. the DSi, and you got the 3DS, and you got the yeah. new 3DS, and then it's just like you got the 3DS XL. Mm-hmm. So they have all these. They release like new SKUs for the same system sometimes, mm-hmm. but in this case, it wasn't a new SKU; it was a whole new system. But right, people didn't realize it. So yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like uh, every a lot of these big companies have uh, products that they come out with that are seen by us as failures like the amazon fire phone for example do you remember that uh it sounds familiar but i couldn't tell you anything about yeah, it. yeah okay so yeah the amazon fire phone it came out a few years had a 3d screen on it which was really cool really uh you know fire os was on there uh the uh thing was i it wasn't marketed that well and people just weren't interested in it and um, Amazon doesn't consider it a failure. They just uh, consider it uh, something that they're learning from. And they haven't given up on mobile. They've got plans in the future for it, from my understanding. Oh, I'm sure they'll but, figure it out. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think they are looking at it the right way. Don't look at your failures as failures, but something to learn from and to... That's the way I try to look at life. Like, I always future. think, like, you know, life is just a series of learning opportunities. Yes. And so, you know, when you're learning things, sometimes you're going to mess up, sometimes you're not. And, you know, as so, long as you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. You know. So did Nintendo see the Wii U as a failure or as a learning opportunity in which they created the Switch for? Well, I think the Switch, what they did was, I think that was... 
I think it was genius, honestly. Oh, yes. The Nintendo Switch, I think you have console power in your pocket. Yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah, we are. My screen just went blank. We're good. Like, you know, I have a PS... I have, I have a Switch, and it's, it's like having, like, above PSC level graphics in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it really makes me excited for, like, the future of just consoles in general. Yeah. Because you can't think that, like... In the next, you know, 10, 20 years, you can't get, like, a PS5 in your pocket, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, I thought it's a cool concept. Of course, I don't own a Switch right now, but that you could just uh, plug in or you put your Switch on the dock right now. It's a home video game console. Yep. But then you take the Switch off a dock. Now it's a portable video game console. Yep. So handheld and home video game console. Great hybrid uh technology great idea i thought you know i like i like the i like what they're doing with like the controllers too mm-hmm. you know the two little joy con controllers on the side right so no matter where you go you always have two controllers with oh you. yeah now the controllers themselves yeah they're not the most ergonomic or easier to handle controllers but still like if you have your switch with you you can play a two-player game oh, at yeah. all times you know so. yeah totally all right so then moving on to the current generation which just started this month is uh, the ninth console generation, which was, uh, I guess, secondly started out by Microsoft because they released a week early. Their uh, Xbox Series X slash S, which mm-hmm. is their uh, Xbox Series X is their premium console, and the Series S is their downgraded and also digital only console. Yes. And those sell at a price of $499 and $299 respectively as well as the uh, PS5, which has the uh, Blu-ray drive and also a digital-only version. Uh, the Blu-ray drive version is $499, and the digital version is $399. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I haven't even touched these yet, so I don't really know too much about them except for what I've read. But um, apparently the PS5 is having some uh, a couple of issues. Well, I mean, yeah, they're both having issues. Like we talked about on our tech news and commentary, the... Um whole issue with the hard drive on the xbox series x and s ps5 we've got that glitch with that spider-man game that was it the spider-man yeah. glitch yeah it, it's like um that's the um downside to be an early adopter you know um you get the bugs that have to be worked out and you probably have to send it back in um they might have to recall it or whatever or you might have to wait for a, a software update for things to be fixed true, true. yeah but uh, but yeah, so far the the uh, the consoles look great. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to see uh, you know where it goes. This has been kind of a weird console launch because it's like mm-hmm. I don't I think I mentioned this earlier, but um, I think the the games are starting to adopt more of like a mobile phone kind of thing. Oh yeah. Instead of being like steadfast, okay, this is the PS4 and this is the PS5. They're two separate consoles. I think now they're kind of more like. It's more of a transition, so you can play a lot of the PS5 games are coming out for the PS4 mm-hmm. as as we're transitioning to the new hardware. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting how just how different this console launch feels as opposed to previous launches. Yeah, it's like, do you even really need to get this uh, console generation if they're coming out with the games for both consoles? I mean, not really, because I'm going to be honest with you, like, the graphics, yeah. yeah, they're nicer, but they're yeah. not that much nicer. Yeah. So, I mean... And there's really no exclusives yet. Yeah. Like and all the games. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. If you don't have a 4K TV, it's like, what's the point if they're out on both systems? Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, I have a 4K TV, but still. Yeah. Ours is 1080p. <laughs> hey, you love the retro tech, bro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, that's about it. I know that there have been rumors about Nintendo coming out with a 4K Switch in the next year. Yes, I've heard about yeah. that. Um, we'll see what that what happens with that. Of course, that's rumor territory. Uh, that's about it. So, um, yeah. Um, let's see. Who do you think the overall winners have been in like the more recent? Uh, let's just say, for time's sake, uh, the seventh, eighth, and ninth generation. Of course, by cells, we could figure it out. Easily. Well, yeah, I mean, ninth generation just started, so it's too early yeah. to tell. I haven't seen right. what those numbers are yet. Yeah. But even yeah, then, it's not yeah, even Black we Friday. Can't, we so. can't determine a winner there. But uh, seventh I mean, and eighth. I mean, last generation, obviously, it was PlayStation. They had the mm-hmm. highest sales. Yeah. Um, before that was the Wii U. Right. That was a monster. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, before that, I think PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, they won yeah. their respective. Uh, not one, but they had the yeah, most uh, sales. Two, yeah, yeah, 155 million units. Uh, yeah, like uh, I said, PS2 is still it's the hot. It's sold more consoles than any other yeah. console ever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, um, so, uh, oh yeah, this uh, generation, we know there have been uh, shortages, and um, you know, I talked with my Taekwondo instructor, and he, I guess, he does some gaming too. He feels like both. Uh, Sony and Microsoft purposely make these shortages so that they get in the press to make it sound like they sold out because technically they did. But, um, you know, just to give them more press so they can sell more later on. No, I definitely feel you. I mean, Black Friday is around the corner, so I'm sure they'll have some more out here soon. So. Yeah. I mean, do you really get into the press if you have, like, plenty of stock in the very thing and um people buy it but it doesn't sell out does that get you into the press at all no i guess not you're right yeah so i think that's a strategy it is a strategy yeah have the lower quantity at the start of the launch and then increase the quantity later on those sneaky game companies man. yes (laughs) i think that's definitely the strategy so yeah they totally fabricate it Eh? oh well yeah (laughs) All right. Well, this has been Joey Cagle and Antonio Guerra. You've been listening to Joey's Totally Tech, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is partially supported by our exclusive subscribers, which we consider our executive producers. Thank you, Laura Lassiter and Beth Warhan, for your support of this podcast.